Seahawks fans wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm sitting down with Keith. Welcome to the show. Hi, Keith. How's it going? Are you um, feeling any better uh, 24 hours later? Um, After our our angry show? Yes. Someone said it felt like an angry funeral is the... the, um, yeah right the the comment that <laughs> that i saw which i thought that was actually like hilarious so i'm like oh, you know it's it's funny i i can i can talk over you and lash out and um <laughs> it usually doesn't initiate a um tangible response from you but boy you <laughs> let me have it yesterday at, at one point and um i was at like one oh. point it was like like this is serious <laughs> yeah this is serious i'm i'm now paying attention on high alert so uh, no um yeah i mean yesterday's show is kind of cathartic uh in case you couldn't you couldn't tell like it it was it was rough in the beginning but at the end you kind of just reached that point of acceptance we went through the we went through all the layers of you know mm-hmm. death the, yep. and acceptance and anger and frustration and <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? And then, mm-hmm. you know, after, of course, after I, I, uh, we get off the show and, you know, um, woke up this morning, it's announced Bobby Wagner's been released this mm-hmm. afternoon um, from the Seattle Seahawks after a glorious career, Hall of Fame career, first ballot Hall of Fame, Bobby oh, Wagner. Yeah. One of the best to ever play. <laughs> and we talked about this being one of the scenarios that could result um independent of russell wilson uh because of his contract and just because of where he's at in his career and sure enough um the seahawks released him without any compensation whatsoever they just could not take that 20 million dollar cap hit given where he's at and um i think i heard somewhere where they went to bobby and said hey do you want to restructure do you want to and he was not willing to so they they went ahead and released him um Mm -hmm. so what do you think I mean, they were, if he wasn't going to restructure and basically they were asking him, you know, to take a pay cut cut? and he was like, "Mm, nah, Um, I'd rather hit the open market and see what I can get. um, than just take what you think I'm worth and I don't blame him. And so uh, he wanted to have that opportunity and they gave it to him. The other thing is that no team was going to give them anything. He's got that $20 million cap hit. Um, nobody was going to give the Seahawks a, a draft pick for a, a linebacker with that kind of cap number. Uh, especially, So they were going to, any team that was going to trade for him was going to trade for him with the idea that they would then negotiate some sort of extension and, and you know, get that cap number down under control. And if they're going to do that, well, if they wait for him to get cut, they can then do that without having a starting point of of that twenty million dollars that you have to fix. Um, now you're starting with he's got nothing. They can send yes. you whatever deal that that they can agree on, um, and it's just a lot more flexibility from their point of view. 
And why give up a draft pick to be in a worse situation? Anyone that was really wanting him can now go after him right now without losing a pick and without the extra baggage. Thank you, Bobby Wagner, for giving everything you had for years and years. And quite frankly, I think he's probably still got three or four years left in the tank. Um, And he's just a tackling machine and his body takes so much and stuff. Nonetheless, giving his his knowledge of the game, his instincts, even though he's lost a step, he's got tremendous value to um, teams. So I, I see him continuing to add to his resume. Um, at least for the next couple of years, and if not, a, a little bit longer than that. Um, so with that said, this show, by the way, is going to be kind of our combine review show specific to the Seattle Seahawks. And um, I, in addition to talking about just players, it kind of resets this. Everything that's happened in this last couple of days is kind of reset everything because now we've got all of Bobby Wagner's cap money back now onto the thing. I think we're up to $50 million according to over the cap. Yesterday, you and I were talking about the impact of the Russell Wilson deal. Apparently, we were off a little bit, at least so far, on what that actually means as far as cap relief to the team. Apparently, it only made about a million dollars difference um, on the positive to the Seahawks and um, mm. you add that to the Bobby Wagner thing at, at close to 17 million. And we're about, we're right at about $50 million of available cap space, which is significant. It puts us right in the top two or three teams there. Um, as far as draft capital is concerned, we're going to talk about the combine today. We've reset the, the draft capital that the Seahawks are going into now. Now, regardless of what you think about the, Russell Wilson deal, and we can kind of get into that as we talked about quarterbacks today a little bit, but um, it is what it is. And now we've got the compensation. We know what that is. We're going into the 2022 draft with um, a first round pick now, ninth overall. We've got two picks in the second round, 40 and 41. We've got a pick in the third round at 72, fourth round at 115 overall, two fifth round picks, 152 and 153 back to back and then a seventh round pick, uh, 227. So we come in with some ammunition now that we didn't have prior in all of our conversations leading up um, as far as prospects, what the Seahawks might do, all of our mock drafts, uh, the kind of players we were focusing on. Now we get a chance to to double up in that second round, right in that sweet spot at, at 40. But now we get the additional ninth pick overall, which is pretty valuable. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts initially, before we start talking about players, what this does to the Seahawks' ability to move around in this draft, to accumulate uh, a lot of depth and and young talent? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you have all their entire draft strategy and everything that they could do changed drastically with this because they went from having their first pick down in the forties to now having the ninth overall pick and having two second round picks. Um, so yeah, cause now they've got nine 40 and their old pick, which I don't remember the number, but um, even if, if they want, they could take that ninth pick drop down to 12th and add a third round pick yeah, and have, and just continue to load up on those 
second and third round picks and still get a good player at, you know, 15 or 12 or whatever they end up picking. So, yeah. So let me, let me show you this because I ran this mock draft about 15 minutes before you, you knocked on my door and here we are. Um, I'm going to share my screen really quick and show you um, a mock draft that I just did with a small little trade. And um, what I did is I traded with the Cleveland Browns, um, our ninth pick overall. I, I moved back to the 13th pick, picked up round 378 overall, round 4, 105 overall, round 6, 191. That's a little rich. Um, it's probably, you know, one of those picks. The 378 is realistic there for that move back. Uh, but nonetheless, I just thought I'd show you what I could do. So I dropped back to 13. I was still able to get Malik Willis, which I think possibly is a target. The other one I, I really am looking at um, and I'm hearing about is Desmond Ritter. I want to talk about that a little later. And I went and got Brees Hall at 40. I was able to get Pen- uh, Perrion Winfrey at 41, Tariq Woolen at 72, which some people will say is a little early for him. I'm saying now that I've got the extra picks, I'm able to develop you know, an upside look at a guy at a spot where I know that I can get him. Abraham Lucas was sitting there at 78. Channing Tindall, which had a tremendous um, combine, was available. Jeremy Ruckert, an all-around tight end. Um, Brian Asamoah uh, had a great combine. Zamir White had an outstanding combine as a running back. Cameron Jurgens is an inside center prospect. And Kalen Barnes had the fastest, second fastest overall 40 ever recorded at the combine and i'm just i just took him for some upside there so you know those that's the kind of draft capital we now have and i just showed this as an example that's Um, it i mean that's that draft you're looking at a uh hopefully a future um franchise quarterback although he is nowhere near ready to get on the field on an nfl field yeah Uh, bryce hall's a great running back probably not the guy i would take at 40 but Mm -hmm. um he had yeah. such a great combine. I just, I, I really I know. thought about it. And so I, I just went with the upside there. And then you're looking at Perry and Winfrey's, you know, a guy that not much of a run stopper, but unblockable pushing up the middle. Woolen's got the highest upside of any cornerback that's come through low, low floor coming from, you know, with his technique problems, but such a, such an athlete, same with Lucas. Um, mm. This draft that you put together there is, the team got younger, faster, stronger, um, right? Just more athletic, just up and down uh, both sides of the ball. Like that that would be a fantastic draft. If it yeah, and that's just an example. And obviously, I think I probably had uh, I lucked out a couple of times and and had a couple extra picks in there. But nonetheless, we we probably will end up with an extra pick because of that ninth pick. I think they do use that as leverage and drop back a little bit. If not, they can use one of those that 40 or 41 pick to drop back a little bit and pick up an extra pick. So um, there is some, some extra uh, opportunity there for John Schneider to kind of use to move around a little bit and pick up some extra value. And it's, I think there's real opportunity here. Like in my mock, I had what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players in the top 107 players overall. That would be outstanding. I don't see that. I see maybe five in that range, mm-hmm. but that's still way more than we've done in the last two or three drafts. Um, it's been pretty lean for the Seahawks 
for for many years just because we've been picking in the in the late rounds in the last couple of years with Jamal Adams trade. Um, so this is kind of an exciting time to to remake the roster. Well, and I I don't think they're done acquiring uh, picks before the, this draft. Um, at this point, there's no reason for uh, Carlos Dunlap. To yeah, play after Bobby Wagner's Seattle. let go, you just you can see the writing on the wall. And right. and when you take a look at the over the cap, um, when you go to 2022's uh, cap space, we literally are riding now on 40 million dollars of dead cap space in 2022 which really yeah. kind of hamstrings the, the team a little bit even though we have 50 million dollars overall after bobby's release to to play around in free agency which is great um that dead cap space is really eaten a lot and it all goes away in 2023 so mm-hmm. it seems to me like and you talked about this strategy last night about getting younger accumulating assets and playing for 2023 and beyond in 2023 the team cap space goes up to 142 million dollars yeah um and so and you we only up, have 20 players under contract yeah so they're they're in a they're in a position now where um honestly guys like um carlos dunlap have no value to this team uh because they're an older player in the last year of their contract the but he's, he does have four million two hundred thousand in dead cap with no savings if we cut him or release him so there is there any, any incentive to release him at that point yes. other than just to no, make a you don't, space you, on the roster i mean you can do that but why release him he's his cap number for his talent is uh 4.2 million dollars yeah yeah it's it's not bad and so to a team's gonna want him mm-hmm. go get a draft pick for him that you yeah can use. yeah no 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 you're you're right that's you're right yes so and you know i mean you look at him um he and he's not the only one. There's there there are other guys out there that I would, I would be like, you know, go make a move. If you can get anything for Jamal Adams right now, you take it. Sports fans, look at the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just one dollar on any team and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NFL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and over minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER get out from underneath that contract it's a brutal brutally bad contact contract his cap um, number this year is 9.1 million if he's got <laughs> here's the problem with jamal adams keith he, he's probably more valuable to us this year quite honestly and next year maybe dump him and, and do the whole trade thing because this year he's got 30 million four hundred thousand dollars in dead cap mm-hmm. and and a negative 21 million point or 21.3 million 
in cap savings. So we're literally, we'd be upside down on that contract so poorly. I think he'd be more valuable to hold on to at least this year. Um, Explain the value of having a player that is going to hurt your draft position next year. By being I mean, good. He might be a plus one game on the roster with this roster now. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, if we, yeah, I know. If you trade him you now. Still, you still need some pieces. But if you trade yeah. him now. Is he a tradable he, with that contract? He probably would be since Seattle would be eating quite a bit of that. Seattle ends up eating quite a bit of it. They eat it this year, so they get it back next year. And it, it, you're going to be bad this year. I don't care what Pete Carroll and Sean Snyder say. This team is going to lose a lot of games. They're going to be bad. And if you're going to be bad, get out from underneath your bad contracts. Take the negative hit and just let it go and recognize you're going to suck anyway. So if you have to play a bunch of undrafted free agents in order to fill your roster uh, because you took cap hits on on trades like that, do it. Who cares? Yeah. You're going to be awful even if you keep him. So let him go so that way a year from now you've got that cap space back and the draft asset so that you yes, um, uh, accumulate. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I mean, it would even make sense at this point to take future draft picks for, for players like Jamal Adams, you know, instead of taking a 2022 away from somebody, maybe you take a fifth round 2022 and then you take a, a second round 2023. He's off your books and mm-hmm. you you've accumulated that asset for next year. I just a little quirk in the whole um, Seattle cap space thing. Now Puna Ford has become the highest paid Seahawks uh, Seahawks player in 2022 now just eclipsing by uh $25,000 Tyler Lockett. <laughs> and Tyler Lockett's openly being shopped, I hear. Um yeah, I've heard mixed I've had heard mixed signals on that. But yeah, I mean that wouldn't be surprising either given your idea of strategy on clearing the books. Um but they still want a roster to compete with in 2023 if that's the plan too. So you don't want to jettison everything you've got. Yeah, but you look at where Lockett is. Um, I, I just don't see. Are you really competing in 2023? Or are you competing in 2024? Yeah. Well, you're going to start. You're starting the clock over. You're, you're in starting the clock over in 2023, but you don't expect to truly be competitive for a Super Bowl until your quarterback second year. Um, and so. At a, yeah, at a, at a minimum. Yeah. And so you're looking at how old's Lockett going to be? Is he going to like where, what's his contract look like? Are you going to be able to keep him around beyond that? Like you would think too, somebody might, might flip a first round pick for Tyler Lockett right now, especially if Seattle's eating a ton of his contract and he's got, he's got a serious upside still. I mean, he's coming off four straight years of, of a thousand yards. Mm-hmm. receiving you know he's a good player he's a top 10 wide receiver in the nfl by almost any measure yep except and that, for reputation <laughs> yeah and and that would and should in fact maybe a, a, a team like denver would mm-hmm. come after a, a, a guy like tyler lockett especially if russ is like hey you know what go get me my guy 
because he and I play well together and you won't be sad about yeah. it. I mean, problem Denver, is that Denver does have a lot of weapons, but I Denver, mean, maybe we get a younger player in return on something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Denver also doesn't have any draft picks now for which to trade for because <laughs> they gave them all to Seattle already. Um, so let's talk about some, some players out of the combine. I loved the combine actually. It was uh it was kind of a fun um, watch this year. Uh, lots of players stood out. I've got just random players to talk about. Heath. I don't know how you kind of put your list together, but I was just going to talk about some guys that are kind of on my Seahawks radar. I would, I thought I'd start with Abraham Lucas. I mm -hmm. thought that, I was really impressed with the athleticism that he showed. Ran a 492 straight line 40, which is fine. His 10 split was great. At 6'6, 315 pounds, ran a 44 short shuttle and a 7253 cone. He met with the Seahawks in Indianapolis. We know that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's an important factor. But when I watched him in the drills, Keith, that was the most impressive thing for me. The guy was smooth. His feet were quick. He looked really good out of all the prospects I watched um, all the way through. He was one of the most impressive, athletic, fluid, moving human beings out there. Yeah, for uh, at that size, especially. Like, he moves well. His feet are great. Um, and he did better on things like the uh bench than i expected him to so with those um, long arms yeah mm -hmm. so he he's a guy that i would watch so um, i've got a question for you so this guy has 42 starts in college football and yes, all of them came at right tackle but he's okay. got so many attributes that say that he's a left tackle in the nfl mm -hmm. where do you marry that up how does that happen for nfl teams what do they do with that so what NFL teams do with that is you draft him, you play him at right tackle as a rookie and you let him learn. And while he's learning, you also um, get him reps at left tackle during practice and whatnot. Um, and then you make it, you make the change at some point, either your left tackle gets hurt and you move him over there and let him learn on the fly. Um his at some point in his his rookie year or you wait until the next off season um and when you need you know you, now you need a new left tackle because you traded one or you released him and you move him over and you let him let him live there he ha he is a left tackle prospect because of his footwork because of his ability to um move his long arms his ability to protect all of those things he's a left tackle in the NFL but you're right. He's only played right tackle. He needs an opportunity to do what he does, like it, you know, which is being right tackle. Let him be comfortable there while he takes his game from college level to pro level and then move him over. So he can don't, I mean, I wouldn't move him over in week one of his rookie year because he's both taking that, that jump from college to pro and you're taking him from right to left. There's just two two different things i would bring them on a little slower than that but. so one thing that i'll admit too is i watched this entire combine and i took notes for these shows that we're doing on the combine for all players with the idea that we weren't even going to be starting our picks until 41. Mm -hmm. so most of the guys I, I wrote notes on are guys that are you know second third fourth fifth round guys now with the ninth pick we've got an opportunity 
to go up and and have a look around a couple of players that had outstanding combines that I didn't think we would even be in the in the neighborhood for. One of them would be Trevor Penning Keith. Yeah. So what do you he's think about that, that? Oh man. Like his combine was outstanding. Yeah, he's a guy. Trevor Penning is a guy that I've I've liked, you know, through this process so far. Um, you know, at one point he was looking like he was going to be in the 40s. I'm like Seahawks go <laughs> yeah, get him right oh right. My. and this was when we thought it was going to be Russ I'm like you go get him a franchise left tackle that you can stick out there and um you know Russ is going to love that he's going to be an, an improvement it's going to be like it's going to be awesome now you're like okay he's not going to be in the 40s anymore he's going to be a first round pick he's going to be you know somewhere in the teens probably um mm-hmm. okay so mm-hmm. you're at you're at nine. If you're going to trade back to fourteen, right? And, and um, Seahawks solve their quarterback or decide to pass on Malik Willis. Mm-hmm. A guy like Trevor Penning is definitely in their short list. I can guarantee it. He's just yep. perfectly suited for what the Seahawks want to do at six seven three twenty one. Super athletic. The wide zone thing is wide open for them. He was the highest graded tackle in the run game in college all of college football in 2021 with a 99.9 run grade from pro football focus now i i you know i I take that with a grain of salt obviously you do too with the pro football focus stuff but nonetheless the guy is just a complete road grader we saw him at the senior bowl just tear up defensive linemen and the defensive linemen were kind of owning the senior bowl and he was the one guy that really stood out so Mm -hmm. um the other a couple of other linemen that I thought I'd mention is um, Cole Strange. We had talked about the Seahawks need at the center position. If they don't address that during free agency, um, here's a guy that could be a mid-round uh, look, although he's, he is moving up. Um, indications are that he could be uh, t- to come before pick 100, but now we've got four picks before 100 in this draft. And right after, I think, 100, we've got a couple of picks there too, or at least 107. Um, ran a 40, uh, 4.5 short shuttle, 10 foot broad jump. He's got 33 inch arms. Um, every indication too, is that he was an outstanding interview at the combine and he's a guy that met with the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, another guy I like, and then, uh, interestingly, one of the guys that had stood out in a way that I kind of didn't expect him to, um, was Zion Johnson. Um, the mm-hmm. guard center out of Boston College um, had the most reps at um, at the combine at the bench press with 32, which was really impressive. Um, liked what yeah. I saw there. Didn't I expected it to not be quite as um, you know him to not have be quite as uh, strong in terms of like that kind of strength because he doesn't like it just didn't show up at times and so for him to have that it's like okay that means he's he's not a guy who has to work on functional strength he's a guy that needs coaching on how to use that strength and do more with it um and you can do with you can work with that if he's already got it um and so that was a good one and then the other guy is the 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 right tackle the guy i um where do you just a second where do you think that zion johnson goes in the draft keith currently right now uh pro football focus has him ranked 41 overall um let me see where yeah. Yeah. go ahead honestly i'm i'm not a huge fan of their draft mm-hmm. coverage because they will find some random 
quarterback that never throws a single snap in the NFL um, at any, even in a, even in a, uh, a preseason game and help they'll be the highest rated. Um, I think the big boards too, you know what so, I'm looking at right now. I haven't adjusted yet after the combine. There's a little bit of a, a lag there. So yeah, the, um, he is at the 29th um, on the wow. uh, consensus mock draft database board. I expect he's going to go a little earlier than that, probably, you know, 25, 24, somewhere in that range for a guy who's a center slash guard. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, interior line, I mean, that's, that's a, a good spot to be. The Seahawks don't have a pick in that range. So I don't think he's a um, necessarily a guy that they're going to go get. Um, but if he drops and he's available at 40, well, yeah, easy done. Um, and the mistake they made last year, um, in round two disappears and you don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, so I, I love that pick. And then, uh, you know, the, the, um, uh, the guy that the right tackle, that is what I started with before the guy that I like Sean Ryan, Sean Ryan. Uh, yeah. There's talk had, about him possibly moving inside. Yeah. I mean, there is, I, I think he's too tall for that. I think he's a right tackle and, and it's going to be a good one. Um, but you look at things like a, a 33 and a half inch of vertical jump is, you know, the best of any offensive lineman that just shows you his, um, his leg and core strength, uh, ability to jump that much at that size, uh, is, is impressive and he just moves well and he's just super strong and, and he's going to be a road grader. So, um, another guy that I, I think he was, he's a guy that I'm going to continue to watch because I still think he is a underrated player by the nfl or at least by the NFL media i'm going to jump around just a little bit and i'm just going to talk about players that i know that met with the seahawks at the combine okay um and and the first one i'm going to mention is really interesting now that bobby wagner is no longer on the team troy anderson from montana state uh he had an outstanding combine outstanding like one of the best linebacker shows up at the combine really six three and a half two forty three he was a, a top five guy in the broad jump, ran a 4 4 40. Uh, Bobby Wagner ran a 4 4 40. Uh, so the fifth fastest 40 time by a player over 240 pounds since 2003. Super athletic, high character guy, national defensive player of the year for the FCS. Um, yeah, super ha- uh, athletic, versatile, speed. He's definitely on the Seahawks radar, I would have to imagine, in that third, fourth round range. Channing Tyndall had an outstanding combine. Mm-hmm. Uh, ran a 447 at 6'2, 230 pounds, 42 inch vertical, 10.9 broad jump. Uh, Christian Harris, 4440, uh, uh, 11 uh, foot broad jump. I mean, the, the overarching athleticism in this combine was just crazy, Keith. Uh, D'Angelo Malone, Western Kentucky, had a great combine um, as an edge guy, 6'4", 240 pounds. Uh, Arnold Abekati uh, from Penn State had a great deal. Perry and Winfrey as well. We talked about Perry and Winfrey before many times. Um, he's got a post-combine. That he's one of the first I've heard of that has a post-combine visit set up with the Seahawks prior to the draft. Um, Logan Hall met with the Seahawks there. He's 6'6", 280 three so this basically the same as shelby harris that came on uh, from the denver broncos he's that kind of player 
Mm-hmm. Um, Travis Jones is a, is a, just a stocky run stuffing nose guy. Those are the guys that I wrote down notes that I so had confirmation on Seattle meeting. Is Jordan Davis available at nine? Um, yeah, right. Defensive tackle out of Georgia. I mean, the, uh, there's, the two idea players, is- there's three players that I saw that were available that I really stuck out for me other than, um, the, the tackle we mentioned earlier, Penning, um, Amon Gardner, Sauce mm-hmm. Gardner as a cornerback at nine. Um, one of the best corners probably come down the, the pike for a while that would be available there. Um, Malik Willis, obviously that we talked about, um, Jordan Davis, is is the guy and then jermaine johnson would be the other guy that i think that the seahawks were probably going to be very interested in so jordan davis i don't think he's there at nine i honestly don't if he gets past six i'm gonna be if he if he gets past six i'll be surprised but this is to give you an idea why i'm talking about him if you look at like um the broad jump and that explosiveness um that that uh that particular um test shows he jumped 11 inches more than the second best defensive tackle he jumped 10 three the second best defensive tackle <laughs> jumped nine four right. i mean just he, he basically then, he he tested in like the 95th to 98th percentile in every single thing that he did yeah he did he's um he's just 340 pounds and he's running a, a four eight forty. i mean imagine jumping over 10 feet from a standing broad jump as a 340 Moving that mass. Yeah, that's some explosiveness in your legs. That is explosive. And it's not and like he's just, he's just, you know, a workout warrior athlete that doesn't have skills. It shows guys, up on tape. It shows up on tape. He's just straight up dominant. Um, yeah. And I would well, not complain in it for anything if we stayed was, at nine and picked that pick. Now, if we dropped back the, and he was still available and we picked up extra value and he was there and say it was the difference between Jordan Davis and Jermaine Johnson, that's a really nice problem to have. Yeah. But I would choose Jordan Davis because that's the anchor. Mm-hmm. He, he'd be the anchor to your defensive line for years to come where you build around that. Teams have to pay attention to him every single play know exactly where he's at double team him it gives the opportunity for other players even lesser players at the defensive end position and at linebacker to be able to make plays and he makes everybody around him better jermaine johnson he's he's fantastic he's an athletic freak he'd be amazing on the edge but he's a one-trick pony out there on the edge a guy like jordan davis is in the middle clogs mm-hmm. the whole thing up gives you the penetration factor makes everybody else around him better i would do the jordan davis pick. oh absolutely i would take i mean if jordan davis is there at nine and they don't take him i'm 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 not really going to be happy in any no matter who they get after that because that's this hard. guy th- he's the best defensive tackle prospect that in my opinion since indomitian sue what that part's six uh like set in for a minute the best defensive tackle prospect since Indomitian Sue and it really um, shows up on the tape it's not like it we just discovered this it's it's been going on all season he's just been yep. the dominant force there at Georgia mm-hmm. and really makes the whole thing work there I mean yep. it, and he doesn't get the credit because there's just so many players making there's plays so all over the place yep and that's and the thing he's is there's the guy that does the dirty work because there's so many players he he doesn't have quite the stats 
um, that you'd expect. But he's a defensive tackle, and they don't ever tend to have stats. But it it also meant that, um, yeah, teams like other guys were making plays. You couldn't focus on one guy, and um, uh, he's 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 the best player on the on the best defense. And uh, I right. would. Uh, yeah, they, you yeah. got to take him. You got to take it's, him. Um, I want to go back crazy, to Keith, that we're having this conversation. I'm I'm literally just trying to imagine a Seahawks with a top ten pick. I mm-hmm. it's like these options now, these type of players just have not been available. The last Seahawks time the so Seahawks long. had a last time the Seahawks had a top ten pick, uh, Earl Thomas and um, Russell Okung were the picks. And Earl Thomas, yeah. I think they dropped back and and took him um, later. There's yeah. a guy I'm trying to find him on the big board and and figure out where he is um, Who's that? showing up, and I'm not finding him. He's like he's a linebacker out of Florida, Jeremiah Moon. Do oh, you okay. have any idea where I, I he is? La- he would be later. Yeah, I think he's in the 120 to 40 range. Maybe he's listed as an edge because I'm not finding him in any way at all um you can do a name search i think uh and maybe, so he's, maybe not. well look just look at the linebacker oh there is 217 as an edge player um so why are you excited about that guy so here's the reason why i'm excited uh, i'm not excited i'm interested in him um 65 250 35 inch arms you know so he's a he's big uh for that but his vertical jump 40.5 Broad jump, 133 inches. Three cone at um, under 7.1. Short mm. shuttle at 4.55. This guy has, with the exception of the 40-yard dash, which was 4.76, everything else on his testing says this is a guy who uh, could play cornerback in terms of how well he moves, um, except for that at 6.5 and 250. He's probably not that. Um He's a linebacker, so he's got a linebacker size, but he's got cornerback's ability to move in space and agility and power and and coverage ability. Um, just athletically, really interesting to me. And he's a guy that was not on my radar at all before the combine because, well, there's a reason why he's mm-hmm. listed down there in the 200s, um, you know, as a sixth yeah. round pick uh, on the big board. So. Uh, I just I'm I'm interested to see what happens with him. Uh, I need to go do some research because I don't know anything about him other than his combine. So, uh, just a guy that that popped it to me, and I was like, hmm, I gotta go, I gotta go figure out what's going on here. All right, so I'm going to talk about a couple of Seahawks uh, targets in the draft that I think the Seahawks would have on their um, their big board. Zach Tom, left tackle in college, he's switching to offensive center in the NFL. At 6'4", 304 pounds, 33 and a quarter inch arms, 10 and a half inch hands, ran a 49440, 4.44 short shuttle. It fits the mold of the new center that I think the Seahawks are going to be looking for to fit this outside zone type scheme. Just mm-hmm. a name to watch in the middle rounds. Um, I I did write down Jelani Woods from Virginia at 6'7", 260, ran a 46140 at that size, 24 reps in the bench, which was tops for the tight end class um he's now they've they've got their their new guy uh noah um from the denver broncos so jelani woods might not be a target but i thought that, mm-hmm. that was interesting the other guys that they would be looking at i think possibly 
in the in kind of that either hybrid role where they do both inline and receiving ability or just inline would be Greg Dulcich at 437 short shuttle and a 705 three cone, which are outstanding. And then Jeremy Ruckert, he didn't test, but uh, he is meeting with the Seahawks, I understand. Um, another guy that I thought really helped himself in the combine, I mean a lot, and the Seahawks I think would consider later in the draft would be Zamir White. 6'4", 214 pound, pounds, ran a 4'4", 40 with a 33-inch vertical and a 10.8 broad jump, so he's extremely explosive. Really helped himself out, had some injury concerns in, in uh, college, uh, but he's a guy that totally fits their profile. Um, wide receivers had a, an amazing outing oh, at the yeah. combine this, this year. This group of wide receivers is fast. They had 18 wide receivers at the combine that ran 4.49 or faster. And nine ran faster than 4.4. So in, yeah. the, in the four threes. Um, Vilas Jones, which I thought would come in at like four, three or four, seven or something like it. We talked about him a while ago, mm-hmm. came in at four, three, one Alec Pierce is a bigger guy at six, three, two, 11 with a 40.5 inch vertical ran a four, four, three, um, Calvin Johnson, four, three, two Christian Watson, four, three, not, six guy, Moore. not that Cal- not that Calvin Johnson in case Calvin Austin, there. sorry, Calvin. Austin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I wrote notes down for Devonte Wyatt, um, out of Georgia at four seven seven forty at six three three zero four. Now imagine this: um, Jordan Davis ran a four seven eight, so one you know tenth of of a second slower at three hundred forty one pounds. That's crazy. Um, Joshua Pascal. I thought at defensive end had a had a great combine at. Uh, 268 pounds, had a 37 and a half inch vertical, which shows the explosion that the Seahawks like there. Uh, Sam Williams had a good combine. Amare Darbarno had a good combine, kind of a round four guy, but uh, at 6'4", 246 pounds with 34 inch arms, very long, 37 inch vertical, ran a 4'3", 40. 40 for a linebacker, edge, edge rusher. Mm-hmm. And this is a later round guy. This is a guy that was initially projected in like the fifth round range. Um, this crazy Quay Walker had a four five two forty at two hundred forty one pounds. Um, so there's there's just so much talent there. Uh, cornerback, um, we talked about Sauce Gardner. I thought he had a great combine. Um, MJ Emerson is a guy that I thought has been a little underrated. Ran a four five three forty at six one two zero one. Tariq Woolen, Keith. Oh man, had a had a great comment at 6'4", 205, 34 inch arms around a four two six forty and a forty two inch vert. And those are the only two drills he did. He did not do any of the other drills, which was a little disappointing. I wanted to see him uh, do the three cone and uh, you know show me his change of direction between that and the short shuttle. I I, I wanted him to give me that. You know, didn't. part of the reason was that they didn't show the three cone very much as well as the short shuttle because it came after the the uh, the workout drills mm-hmm. so it came very late in the evening and a lot of guys opted out and all that kind of stuff yep. um zion mccollum is an, is a, another corner had a four three three forty and a 39 and a half inch vertical with a six four eight three cone 
I mean, it's the list just goes on and on. Uh, at safety, Lewis Sign had a great uh, combine. He's kind of a hybrid um, defender uh, at the safety position at 6'2", 200 pounds, had a 4'3740, 11.1 inch broad jump. Um, Percy Butler, JT Woods, another guy with 4'3640. I mean, the list just goes on and on. I, I was just, that's the whole thing that stood out for me at this combine is the Seahawks are going to be able to find some really athletic, fast guys. And we've talked about that extensively, that that's exactly what they want to add on the defensive side of the ball this year. Yeah. Um, they, they need to add speed on defense. Um, and they're going to be able to do it in this draft. And people who are like, you know, upset about the, the Bobby Wagner thing, Part of that is finances and all of that. And part of it is the guy is not the speed demon at linebacker he used to be, and they desperately need more speed on the field um, with uh, on that defense. And it was kind of telling that when he went out for the last couple of games and they had to bring in Cody Barton, who's not, um, you know, he's a backup. And the defense didn't take a huge step back you go from your your pro bowler for you know seven time all pro to your backup and you don't see a big drop yeah i think some of that was was jordan brooks being out there you know making making some calls and all that kind of stuff too but it it does it 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 does tell you that barton there's a lot of things not as nearly as well as um as bobby wagner obviously but he's fast and wagner isn't anymore so um, this is a great draft to go get fast and go get athletic wide receiver, cornerback, linebacker, um, go get fast, go get more athletic, go be a team that can be a bully out there on the field and push people around. This is a great draft to do that. Yeah. It's just, uh, the strategy now with the extra picks. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really interesting. I just, are they targeting a quarterback at nine or, you know, be, you know, top 15? Um, are they targeting another position that we could desperately use like an interior pass rusher at, at, uh, the, at the, the defensive tackle position or an outside edge rusher? You can get one of the top three or four edge rushers in this draft, um, which is really a good draft to get an edge rusher. You could get the the best linebacker at that spot. Obviously, the best quarterback. It's not a great quarterback class, but these it's guys a aren't terrible quarterback class. But these guys are still first, second round guys in any draft, and I and I think that um, you know that's you're still going to get some good and value there the, with the, Malik Willis. It's just going to be one of those things where you're going to have to be patient. The best quarterbacks in this class, which would be Willis and Pickett would have been the sixth and seventh best quarterbacks last year. They probably would not have been first round picks last year. I Um, agree. And going into this draft class, looking for a quarterback in the draft is not a place you want to be. It really isn't. Where should Um, Seattle, what should Seattle do with the ninth pick? Should they trade it? Should they use it? What should they use it on once they make it? They need to find a the last time they had a pick this high, uh, they went and got a player that they could build their entire defense around, both personnel and scheme. 
um, when they got Earl Thomas. Um, you, they got a generational, you know, guy that's just going to transform everything you do. If Jordan Davis is sitting there at nine, go get that guy who is a generational talent on your defense that can make your defense great. Um, punt on the season and wait till next year. But you're going to be bad. You're going to be bad on offense um, with no quarterback. Go ahead and punt on the season. Get in so you're in the top five um, of the draft going into next year and go get a quarterback that can that can play because th these guys these guys aren't it. So I'm I'm sorry to say these guys just aren't it. So go get a be okay with tanking for a year and go get a good one next year. Wow. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a choice this year. You can go offensive line, you can go defensive line, you could go skill position. I hope they don't do that. I yeah. You know, if if Kylie Kyle um whatchamacallit, Hamilton is sitting there that would be awfully hard to pass on him i just think that he's the most talented player in the draft but he he's i just don't agree that that's the position that you need in this defense i think that you're exactly right jordan davis would be the pick he'd be the obvious pick he'd be the pick i'd be most pleased to come away from the draft with and then mm -hmm. everything else just kind of falls into place after that um trevor penning would be another one that i could anchor you could anchor your offensive line around a player like that mm -hmm. um, or or maybe one of the other tackles that's um high uh on the on the draft boards falls um i wouldn't i wouldn't mind that either just investing in the offensive line like that i think is a great thing to be able to do to give your new quarterback whoever that may be an opportunity to have great protection um for years to come um interesting wow lots of change like i haven't really adjusted to it <laughs> like the, just thinking about the new draft capital thinking about a team without russell wilson how you plan that team how you figure that out like it's it's just going to be hard i think the the better idea for the cx this year is what you just said figure out that defense this would be the great time now to address the defense there's so much defensive talent in this draft i think that's where the talent's at um, especially with picks 9, 40, and 41, and 77. My goodness, if you'd spent three of those picks on defense and one on offense, I would have no complaints at all. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. Find Let's Keith on Twitter, at Myers NFL. I'm at NWC Hawk. You can find us on YouTube. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast platforms. So until next time, take care, guys. Go Hawks. Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.